standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. For the nocturne, we send as our best. This is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of familiar carols. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Blackman, WPTF News. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Gill here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Everyone, great to have you with us. This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venter's WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raleigh. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Raley and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Garden Report. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF Record Vault. Good morning to you. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Yeah, boy. All of those great people that worked here, it's amazing. I work with uh, pretty pretty many of them. I, uh, yeah, fair amount. Really honored. 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Mike Riley here. Miss Clapp is not with us today. And uh, Brother Rufus is sitting sitting across the table. Nelson Cox was so nice to, to drive in this morning, and Pam Beck is always wonderful to have you on, whether you're in the studio or on the phone. I um, hope you're not getting cauliflower ear. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's fine. I enjoy listening, and um, because I have such bad reception up here, this is a great way for me to hear the show, too, as well as uh, as sit 
sit and enjoy from this end. Um, and, and to get to contribute is always an honor, Mike. Thank you for asking. Yes, ma'am. Well, it's an honor to have you on the program, uh, the great uh, writer that you are. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to have some um, seminars that Pam Beck can attend and speak and so forth uh, coming up soon. And uh, no, yeah, you, yeah, you're not planning on another book, are you? No, not right now. I know Rufus is always encouraging me, and he's, he's wonderful, but he also understands how difficult it is to, uh, <clears throat> to get through producing a book. I, um, I enjoy still writing. I've, I've uh, contributed another article to the WPTF Weekend Gardener magazine uh, recently. Thank you for that. We, we uh, appreciate it so much. Thank you. And uh, I always learn something, you know, when I pick up other gardeners' writings, especially gardeners from this area. And um, I appreciate it. As much as I uh, follow the English gardening trends, I, I really like to hear what what our local folks are doing, and that's what's great about this show. And I was going to ask your guests, you and Mike and uh, Mike and Nelson Rufus, if I were to add one more climbing rose to my garden, what would you suggest? Well, I'm not a climbing rose aficionado. You better you better let Rufus now, Rufus. You've I know you have yeah. one, or you did have one. Is that? Is that uh, climbing rose, <clears throat> pardon me, still growing in that crepe myrtle? Uh, no. Lady Banks? I'm no. assuming you have the New Dawn. Yeah, I've got New Dawn and Lady Banks and, and Iceberg and uh, American Pillar and some of those. But what have you seen lately that just kind of took your breath away that you think would be a good addition? That's uh, definitely uh, Nelson's trying to control her dogs here. Uh, you uh, you have gone to uh, you you get a chance to see a lot more plants than most of us. So what have you seen? There's a is there and there one called Zephyrin or Zephyrine that's kind of got the uh, Zephyrin Zephyrin Druin. Um, it's an old rose with dark dark um, pinky red flowers. It's supposed to be nearly thornless and a very good spring bloomer. Have you had any experience growing it? I have no? not. Uh, we, we've sold a few. Um, I think we had them in our bookings last year, uh, and I've not heard from any customers on how well they did. Okay. I would really love something with some disease <coughs> resistance, and I was looking at um, Joseph's Tote, which is a beautiful. Oh, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it has oranges and reds and yellows. Things, yep. mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, they said if you've got warm tones in your garden, and I was thinking that might bloom about the time that the tawny daylilies did, and it might be beautiful together. The tequila sunrise is not a, it's a more of a it's shrub yeah, rose. Hybrid. It is the most reliable rose that I've ever had, and it has the the orange and yellow and red. Rufus has one, too. Uh, But it is so reliable and trouble-free. It doesn't have a lot of fragrance. Well, how tall did that get for you? It it gets, uh, you know, seven or eight feet tall if you let it. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes I even let mine do that. But I usually cut mine back every year. 
in one of the old-fashioned ones called, what is it, Ballerina? It's kind of, it looks very yeah. similar to like the yes. Petite Scotch Rose, but uh, it's uh, a little more disease-resistant, the Ballerina. I haven't seen one of those in years. You know, we uh, used to have a lot more heirloom roses available in the trade. And um, are you going to be getting any of the old roses in this year, Nelson? Gosh, um, you put me on the spot. I haven't looked at my rose order since this past um, July, so um, I can't well, remember what's Well, get on the stick, on Nelson. <laughs> I know. This COVID thing was just <laughs> a crazy year. Yeah, I mean, you just couldn't yeah, go to nurseries, you couldn't go to shows, so, um, yeah. you know, uh, and I, I have seen some availabilities recently, even um, like Johnson okay. Nursery, some of some of mm. our local nurseries that are growing uh, more series of roses, but I'm not, I can't answer whether they're this rose or that rose, so. Well, it would be interesting to have some callers call in and, and share what some of their, their favorite climbers are, because... Um, it is that time of year to think about roses. A lot of bare root are coming out right now, too. Mm-hmm. And I know that usually they're sold very heavily about Mother's Day, but now with the bare roots coming, um, it's, it's something that's on my mind. And as far as pruning them, this is, this is an ideal time to, to mm-hmm. get a lot of your roses back. Um, so, you know, I've, it's just something that been, I've been thinking about. You cut them back to knee-high? Or a little higher. Not the climbers, the bush roses. I will, I will take down. Um, you know, if, if for instance, if you still have some knockouts, I know Nelson's a fan of, of uh, cutting uh, those back pretty hard too. Right. Yeah, yes, definitely. So, what do you do with your climbing roses and pruning? Well, with the climbing, it depends on if they're remote or not, which means if they repeat bloom. Some mm-hmm. of the climbing roses. Uh, only seem to bloom in the early spring. Like, like I know that New Dawn is supposed to repeat, but for me, I think it's in too much shade and it hasn't as much. I'm probably going to move that. But um, those, you leave those canes up, but you shorten some of the side branches down so that they'll put out more, they'll flush better for you. It's um, kind of hard to explain, uh, but... If you've got some of the old ones, you don't have to do a thing to them. Some of those old heirlooms, they just bloom no matter what. I've got an old Cecile Bruner that I don't, I don't do anything but throw black cow on its feet. And uh, <laughs> it's a good thing to do. Yes, it is. <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, Pam's book is—I don't know that it's in print, but you can still find best garden plants, North Carolina for North Carolina. Uh, Pam Beck and Laura Peters, beautiful cover. Well, you can't miss that cover. You lose a book somewhere in your house, <laughs> you're still going to be able to find it because of those bright that's colors true. and the flowers. But uh, that's a wonderful book, for, especially for people who are new to North Carolina. You go through a lot of things in there. How long ago did you do that book? It's been several years. That was published in 2006. Um, it was published, and then it had a second printing that second year. <clears throat> But after that, um, there was a downturn in publishing, and right. and uh, a lot of the publishing houses and things like that kind of stepped away. But gardening books are, are becoming popular again, especially among the, the young um, new gardeners who are doing houseplants. And I'm mm-hmm. so excited that Nelsa 
started the program out with houseplants because this time of year when it's cold and miserable, you can still garden indoors. And one thing I thought about is are the people who lost power, especially around Greensboro Mm -hmm. area um, to the west of us, of the western listeners who lost power for a few days, your houseplants may have some residual damage because the temperatures in the house dropped. And a lot of these tropicals, if it goes lower than 45 for, say, 24 hours or so, they may not show damage immediately. It's like taking a a plant in your cold car somewhere. It might look good for a little while, but they might start showing some damage. So I wanted to tell people to to watch your houseplants for that, that cold, cold drop. Yeah, and, you know, I really push the limits with um, toughening up houseplants, if you will. Now, obviously, there's some that I don't put in the greenhouse, but for the most part, um, my greenhouse drops down to 40. Um, So things like cirrus and aloe, lots of herbs, uh, cactus, most all of our succulents. Um, There are items like peace lilies, um, chefaleras, even the the some of the ficus trees, I mean they're tough. I, I, the, I've got the alocasias out there. I mean they're tough. Um, so we we've got them out in that cold. But now if it's something that like first comes in and you know they've been on a, a heated truck, then we we acclimate them from the store, uh, which drops down to about sixty at night. Um, and then we'll sometimes we'll we'll we do a rotation like almost weekly or or at least twice a week where we're rotating color in and out from the greenhouse so like primulas i mean they love the cool primulas oh my gosh we've got some gorgeous ones right now but um but yeah so uh dracenas are in the greenhouse so they you know they drop down pretty cold um i just i try to make them tough (laughs) oh yeah elephant ears will take a lot by the way i heard my mother had a a climbing rose one time pam named mascara at least that's what she called it you ever heard of that (laughs) mascara (laughs) Mascara. I don't know Never what she was. Heard of it. Uh, Pam, do you ever grow the pilia? P I L E A? That's been real popular. It almost looks the, like. Uh, the little house plant. I used to have that, and I think, you know, in my ignorance, I called it pilea. <laughs> well, and that might be what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pilea. That sounds very Georgia like. Yeah. It's like I yeah, tease. Well, it does. I <laughs> tease like my. Aldosta, you know. <laughs> I tease my friend. Magnolia. Uh, yeah, um, that's a great little house plant, and um, I was so tickled when you mentioned peperomia. We all grew these things in the 70s. Yes. We were houseplant fans, and, and they fell out of favor, and for a while you could not find a, a pilea or a pilea or a, or a clancho or calancoe or <laughs> whatever you call it. Uh, you could not find these wonderful house plants to, for love nor money. I'm delighted they're back. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, more of the weekend garden. We'll talk to Ricky coming up here on WPTF and others. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back. It's 1033. Mike Rayleigh here along with Rufus Edmonston and Nelson Cox, owner of the Garden Hut, Pam Beck, a great author and writer and longtime friend, great garden, former master gardener in Wake County. 
And Ricky is in Durham. Ricky, good morning. You're on WPTF. Hey, how y'all today? We're fine, Ricky. How are you? How can we help you? Well, uh, a, a long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I have a, uh, I have a couple of questions. Uh, I've got a, a sidewalk that goes uh, by the front of my house. There is a somewhat of a of a steeper slope. I would say. Or uh, six inches every ten feet on the on the incline, and it's exposed a lot of roots and taken away the soil inside the sidewalk. If I cover these roots and and build a retainer and try to hold some of the soil, am I going to damage the tree? How far away is the tree, and what kind of tree is it? I it's a red oak. It's Red oak. Uh, approximately 30 inches at the, at the stump. It, mm. It's very old, established tree. It, it's 30 inches from what now? At the stump. At, at the stump. Okay. At the stump, uh, if you sliced it off and put a tape measure on it, I would estimate 25 to 30 inch tree. Okay, but how far is the tree from where the, the roots are impeding? Okay. Uh, the sidewalk. tree is actually six foot from the sidewalk. God. It has actually buckled the sidewalk, yeah. and I have ground the concrete to keep, uh, you know, like an even. Uh, the expansion joints have, have split a little bit. But I have about a 10-foot section between the sidewalk and the edge of the house that I have soil that has eroded away and exposed the roots. I would like to cover those roots and build a retainer that would hold that soil against the planter on the front of the house. Am I going to damage the tree? Is it going to damage it to cover the roots? Well, yeah, I mean. That's one thing that I've heard y'all talk about before, that, you know, if you cover exposed roots, those roots are equal to the limbs that are in the tree, if I yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, yeah. yeah, if if it's just one section, you're probably okay. The problem's going to be, I mean, if it, I don't know how far your sidewalk is from your front foundation, uh, but. Is, uh, Nelson, this is a, a section, I'm looking at about, about six or seven feet in, in length as far as like the way the roots are growing and about five foot across. And that's the only exposed root that I see. Yeah. Everything else is underground. I cannot see. Yeah. It, well, I mean, even you know, section. yeah, even with the retaining wall, uh, sidewalk, and again, not sure how far your foundation is, but that tree is going to continue to buckle. Uh, that's going oh, to continue. Yeah, it's going to continue to grow. Uh, so when I got this property, uh, the landowner actually said that he wished he'd never planted that tree there. Yeah. Question, um, is it, it so question, where you have the, the roots, is that relatively shady or is it sunny during the winter? It's on the shady, it's on the shady side of the tree. Yeah, I believe I'd just try to throw some kind of ground cover in. What, what you think, Pam? I agree. Um, you know, it's one thing if you put a couple of inches of soil, right. but to build up, a, you know, a 
say, a fairly deep area to, to try to garden, that makes it difficult. And um, that yeah, tree is at risk anyway because it's so close to the sidewalk and the street and the roots are being um, impinged on that side. Then your house is on the other side of it. And a tree of that size really um, yeah. it has it has roots that need to run everywhere. And it's probably got roots that are over in your neighbor's yard. Yeah, and it, uh, it, it, something it, like Vinca Minor, would that yeah. be good? Well, Pacasandra. Pacasandra. A little more drought tolerant. Yeah, um, or, or I'm a real fan, uh, a fan of the Carexes. I love these um, evergreen grasses. There are some that are, are yellow or green or green and white that are going to be pretty all winter long, all summer long. They can grow on top of soil almost. Uh, they can take shade. They're, they're really, really good, hardy um, ground covers that you can put in there. And you can mix things up. There's there's no reason that you couldn't put a lot of different things. And as I said, you know, a couple of inches of soil, maybe a little mulch in that area. But to build it up um, yeah. as a bed, uh, you know, with, say, 8 well, or 10 it, inches of actually, soil, I'm, that would I'm not, not be good. Wanting, I'm not wanting to, to make a planter or a bed out of it. There's a planter between the sidewalks. And actually, this sidewalk—it's not at the street. It's uh—it's within 25 feet of the house. Yeah. And it's a okay. sidewalk that goes off of the driveway. Okay. Uh, okay. I have I have azaleas and and whatnot on a planter in front. I have about about four inches of sidewalk exposed on the lower side of the slope. The upper side is caught all the sediment. But it's just kind of cleaned this side out. You're saying if I just put a few inches of soil, maybe even let the roots almost touch the top of the ground, and put all I want is a grass cover on that. I don't know that grass is going to work yeah, with I that. I mean, in, like on ornamental Pam, grass uh, like mondo grass might work, but not a uh, a turf grass. That's just not going to work there. It's not going to be able to compete with the roots of a oak tree. The roots of the tree. Yeah. So something, uh, a ground cover like Pacasandra or yeah, Vinca Minor. The Carex. The Carex. was talking about. Yeah. yeah that, was, that would probably be less invasive and uh, be a lot easier to deal with in the long run. Okay. <clears throat> All right, Ricky. Thank you, buddy. All right. Okay. I know you got to go. Oh, well, you you have another question? Yes. All right, what was that? My azaleas in, in these planters across the front of the south, they are huge. How and when do I prune them? After they flower. Yeah. It's a spring flowering. Any of the spring flowering plants, you would you would prune them when they finish blooming. And cut them on back, too. Yeah, you can, you can cut them back. You, you may not have blooms for a while. Uh, oh, if you yeah, if you cut them back drastically, but oh, uh, they're almost taking over the windows right now. Yeah, you don't want that. So yeah, you just wait until after they bloom, have a nice blooming season, hopefully, and then cut them before oh, yeah. June. They're beautiful. they're beautiful in the spring. Yeah, cut them before June. You know, June, July is when they start making the buds for next okay. year. So a little too late to do it now. Oh, you won't get any bulbs. Yeah, you won't. You won't. It's not that it's too early to do it because your bulbs. Yeah, it's definitely too late or too early. Because it, it's going to bloom and 
March or, or uh, April. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, we're real close to the to the blooming season. They're starting to green up right now. Yeah. So you, you would you would want to wait until after they bloom. Okay. Thank you, Ricky. Thank you. All right. 919-860-9783. When you're servicing your car, you need to know the cycle of service. Your cycle of service begins the month you buy your car. Makes sense. That cycle does not necessarily match with the normal seasonal changes, though. At King's Auto Service, they'll schedule your service intervals based on that cycle. For those using a synthetic oil, I think most of us do now in newer cars, driving limited miles possible, you may go months past the normal service based on those miles, and you'll need to schedule your service two to three times a year. During your service, Kings will check a lot of things like wiper blades, belts, tires, transmission levels. For those of you currently driving a Toyota Prius or some other type of hybrid vehicle, the certified hybrid technicians at Kings are now able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for less than the dealer will charge to replace it. Now, this usually happens around an average of 150,000 miles. To so call Kings on Monday to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. Kings Auto Service and Kings Correct Lube. Easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net. Kings Automotive Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. We have special guests in the studio this morning, and they brought food. Now you can't yum, yum. you can't beat that when when you bring food to radio people. Dave Parker and Jill <laughs> Parker, uh, owners of uh, Amedio's Restaurant. Not only that, but Jill is the daughter of Amedio, and Dave is the the son-in-law. Uh, thank you all, Dave. Uh, pull the mic up a little bit, and how you doing, buddy? We're doing great. Yeah. We Amelia's really appreciate eat. you having us here. Yeah. So we had, a, we had a long talk. I mean, we had had lunch. We were talking about it off the air. Had lunch uh, last year in January, I believe, at Amedeo's. And I had a salad. It's one of the best salads I've ever had. And you said it was a house salad, but it had some chicken with it. It was wonderful, but the conversation was even better. And we, you talked a little about the, a bit about the recipes, uh, for for Amedeo's, how far do the recipes go back? And Jill would certainly be able to probably address this better. But well, I'll let Jill chime in. But they go back to um, Reading, Pennsylvania, which is where Amedeo grew up, and yeah. his mother. Um, and there were some sandwich shops up in Reading that he grew up around and going to a lot. Uh, and when he came down to Raleigh, um, the way he's always put it was uh, Riley just didn't have an Italian restaurant. There were Italian restaurants, but he described it as uh, ketchup on bread. That was about as good as it got. <laughs> certainly <laughs> certainly nothing, uh, a restaurant that was owned by a, an Italian that That's didn't right. exist here. Well, he, he knew that there was a, a market for it. So yeah. when, he, when he got out of school uh, at NC State after playing football there. That's right. Um, he uh, he opened up a Medios at the same location that it's at now on Western Boulevard, and it was originally mostly a sandwich shop, same kind of sandwich shops uh-huh. that he was used to up in Reading. Wow. Uh, but of course there was pizza too, but it's just grown and grown and grown, not just from a <clears throat> menu standpoint, but from a space standpoint too. So, 
Well, Carolina, the folks at Carolina have, uh, well, they don't have it anymore. They used to have the Rat Skeller, right. kind of a nostalgia place. Yep. And the food was pretty good. It was but good. But Amedio's is, is that nostalgia place for NC, especially for NC State people yep. with all of the, the uh, memorabilia. And gosh, the food is so good, though. Well, Raleigh and NC State is lucky enough to have more than one, in my opinion, more than one nostalgia place. Yeah. Um, the way I always kind of framed it is most Power Five colleges and not even more than Power Five schools have an establishment that kind of represents the university athletic program. Mm -hmm. It's part of game day, in other words. And for NC State, there's no question the media is, is – um, is is that place yeah. uh, and we're we're definitely proud of that so what did you bring this morning we brought you a tailgate special um which is pretty popular on game day uh, so. it's lasagna salad garlic bread um, uh, sweet tea of course and all the paper products that you need and that that is something that is a real staple for uh medios that is one thing you're really known for is that lasagna that's there. right you can't beat that. Well, Mike and Jill, let me tell you what happened to me one time. I was in Washington with Senator Irvin in, in the 60s, and I came down to Raleigh, and one of my state friends uh, said, let's go eat. And I said, "You, we want to go to that Amadeo place over there? <laughs> and he said, buddy, you in the wrong place, though. This is a medio. Yeah, you don't want to say <laughs> Amadeo said, there. I said, well, I've got it wrong, and I have never forgotten that. No, I definitely. got scolded very harshly. <laughs> no Amadeos here. Well, but you people, ate well. I ate well. Rufus, people pronounce it that way all the time. Rufus, one of the things I love about you is, is your honesty of the silly right. things you've done. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and, and y'all are going to be yeah. grandparents. This is the first first grandchild? Any yes. any hour now. Jill, say hey. Hey, please. guys. How are y'all? Yeah, you're excited about this baby, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Her name is Elizabeth Jane, and they're going to call her Betty Jane after oh. my mom. And I remember yeah. talking to Dave. You remembered all of the, the, the recipe. You you know all of these recipes yes. by heart, don't you? Yes. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Hmm. Good eating. I appreciate y'all coming by here so much. Oh, thank you so much. Do y'all yeah. garden at all? I know you listen to the program. I'm, I'm a bit of a uh, have a bit of a green thumb. Yeah. I, I can't name all the plants like you guys can, or that's for sure. But uh, you don't have to know to know that you don't have to name the plants to love it. That's right. I've no, always. I'm a good example. I, I'll say we have always had uh, the second nicest yard in the neighborhood. There's always somebody that takes better care than i do but uh i like staying on top of you stuff enjoy like it that. yeah i really playing do. in the garden I really do that's good yeah well we appreciate y'all appreciate y'all listening thank you so much yeah and thanks for bringing the food by man wow yeah. oh Ooh. can't wait yay yeah. i'm medios some cannolis in there as well oh she no cannolis, cannolis. <laughs> yummy cannolis. Oh, my goodness. thanks for about hey big john's on here one of uh, I mean, he knows of, about this. You'll want to come over here. One of Rufus's bodyguards is is on on the line. Big John, how you doing, buddy? Hey, good morning. What's going on? You just driving around or what? I'm riding around with the top down. Come on, jump in, right? <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're a hardier man than I. Did you just hear what we're about to do here, Big John? Well, David and Jill, a good friend of mine. Hey, guys. Yeah, Big John, Big, Big John Ruth. Yeah, yeah. They they know you. They kind of shaking their heads, but they know you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, okay. I'm going to make sure I'm going to the right place. Second floor, high woods. Let me see. Let's yeah, but you, 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 that doesn't mean you can get in, John. <laughs> I got a pass key, baby. We'll bring you scraps. Oh, hey, I got to get in front of you and Rufus first. That's right. Uh, you know. That's right. Now, I just want to say good morning. hope you guys are doing well. Yes, sir. Uh, talk about the media. And, uh, Jill is a sweetheart. And, uh, David Jill is a sweetheart. Yeah. She is a sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, listen, carry on. You're sounding good. Uh, don't forget to save me a little slice of that lasagna, Mike. <laughs> okay, John. All right, buddy. In, in my dreams, all right. No, we'll 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 take you to uh, a media sometime and buy you some lasagna if we don't get any of this. Uh, I, I know the owners very well. Yeah, all right, buddy. Stay take more, care. Guys. More of the weekend gardener, not a whole lot, but more of the weekend gardener coming up. It's ten fifty. Listening to one of the longest running radio shows in the country, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, 10:54, running out of time here, but uh, you got plenty of time to to get out when it dries up a little bit. Sto- soil is still kind of muddy out there right now, but uh, when you can get out and start planting, use a little black cow, the mature manure. The warmer planting season is. Certainly uh, just ahead, uh, so get started, get ready. Make sure you get your flower and vegetable gardens off to a great start with Black Cow. Prepare new plant beds with a one-and-a-half-inch layer of Black Cow in the area and then mix it into the soil about six inches deep. Uh, Black Cow is natural and organic, and it contains nutrients that are released slowly without burning tender roots. Pick up the bright yellow bag and get growing. For more details, check out our website at blackcow.com. That's blackcow, K-O-W, dot com. All right, 1055. Pam, what are some of the things we need to be doing in the landscape right now? Ooh, well, um, next week uh, it is a good time to remember that cut those ornamental grasses back if you haven't done that already. It is a good time to um, shape up and trim some uh, trees and shrubs if you're going to do that before uh, March comes in. It is definitely a time to start assessing what you want to put in to fill some of those holes in your landscape. If you've got some some vacant spots, it's a great time to think about approaching the garden centers. They may not have a lot of merchandise right now, but if you ask an independent garden owner employee if they can get a particular plant, they'll check out that for you, won't they, Nelsa? Yes, ma'am. The landscape, uh, the lawn grass, the turf grass, you can still, if you have fescue, you can still put a little bit of fertilizer. Uh, that's probably the, the lowest nitrogen uh, fertilization that you're going to want to do for your fescue uh, for this time of year, normally around the time of uh, Valentine's Day, so we're still within that perimeter. But you don't want don't want to overdo it because yep. you'll you'll get brown patch and all kinds of problems if you over fertilize, uh, use too much nitrogen with that fescue grass. And uh, Nelsa, what are some things that uh, can we do any pruning right now? Uh, yes, you can do some pruning now. Uh, stuff's still dormant, so it's a good time to you know finish up with um, fruit trees. Um, uh, deciduous trees, uh, crepe myrtles, don't crepe murder them, just selective pruning, uh, thinning uh, interior branches, cross branches, 
Uh, it's also a great time to be preparing your um, vegetable gardens and even cool season vegetables. We're right on the hills now of uh, getting ready to plant um, potatoes and, and uh, other cool season vegetables, spinach, lettuce, um, cauliflower, broccoli, things of that nature. Um, also, with all the rain that we have had, I believe we're about to break a record before the end of the month with the most rain tied with 1983, but it's a good time to fertilize. So using the holly tones, espoma products uh, on your, you know, camellias, azaleas, gardenias, especially your evergreen, your hollies and, and uh, gardenias, seeing a lot of, a lot of chlorosis or uh, kind of yellowing uh, boxwoods. So it's a good time to fertilize. So those are a few, few tips for you. Yeah. And uh, the pruning should not include the spring flowering Correct. plants. Correct. Now, some of the camellias like the sasanquas have probably finished blooming for most the most part of them and you have. can mine are still flowering but most really? of them have mm. um but yeah you can be selective with pruning that um absolutely or you can wait up until uh, uh you know even may uh, april and may to prune those well i'm going to cut back my zebra grass mm-hmm. and also cut the dead leaves away from the hellebore and you can uh, cut I, back liriope yeah. right now but be careful and don't I, cut I like the new to growth. cut the dead leaves away from the Hellebores, so you can see those beautiful flowers. Right. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked a lot about hellebores this year, but they're, they're beautiful right now. Oh, my gosh. They're blooming yes. like crazy. A wonderful uh, part of the landscape is the, the uh, a time of year for the landscape is the The plant winter. that keeps on giving and yeah, giving. Yeah, and that's, yep. that's one of the plants that uh, we love in the wintertime. Absolutely. So you can't have too many of those, and, and sometimes you, you do have too many. I don't know if they well, yeah. <laughs> They love to propagate. They do. They'll yes. seed. All right. Well, uh, so you're going to cut the zebra ga- grass and and what else? And uh, cut the dead limbs off of the leaves off of the hellebore. And I'm going to uh, prune up a little bit of an evergreen that's gotten a little bit uh, rowdy. I need to calm him down. Do you go out and talk to that that plant? Well, you, I'm going to talk too? real tough to it. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. talk to your plants, don't I'm gonna you? I'm going to talk NC tough for my my friends Dave and his <laughs> wife. <here. laughs> That's right. You know, I know Carolina boy. I do love NC State because I'm a member of the board of, on the board out at the NC J.C. Ralston Arboretum. Amen. So I'm not all that bad, guys. <laughs> we don't, don't think that. you're bad at all. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody have a great time. Miss Pam, thank you so much, dear. Get, your, you. get your feet off the table now. <laughs> all right. Sam, thank you very much, Miss Nelson. Uh, All of you, God love you. I, I love all of you. Thanks for listening this morning. Go Pack!